You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Some of us know the name of our Lord. Some of us have called upon the name of the Lord, but we still do not trust in Him completely for everything. Oh, we say, we do, we talk a good game, but when the rubber meets the road, when the circumstances start pouring in, we don't, we fall apart. We look elsewhere instead of trusting Him who is able to do those things exceedingly abundantly, all that we could ask or think. Many of us are quick to admit that we definitely call out to the Lord in times of trouble and distress, but how many of us actually have the deep-seated faith and trust that God desires from us? In today's message, Pastor Dave reflects on the contrast between the faith of Naomi and the Moabite woman Ruth. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Ruth chapter 1 as he continues his message, The Long Way Home. this decision to go with Naomi. Please don't ask me anymore to follow my people. Don't tell me not to follow you. Had Ruth begun to trust God? It appears that way. Did Ruth find faith in the Lord? It certainly appears that way. She wanted to go with Naomi. She wanted her people to be, Naomi's people to be her people. She wanted Naomi's God to be her God. This is conversion, folks. This is conversion. This is conversion. These are the kind of things that every evangelist wants to hear. This is the kind of thing. These are the kind of things that make you as an evangelist slobber at the mouth. I could just see Paul and Silas hanging in that jail, having those tombs. The earthquake comes and the, and the, and, the, and they say, we're still here. And, and the jailer says those words that every evangelist want to hear. What one must, must we do to be saved? What? You're kidding me. This is what we want to hear. I want your God to be my God. You want what? Ruth wasn't blaming God. She was trusting God. Ruth says, the Lord do to me, and more so if anything but death parts us. She was clearly accepting the God of Israel, Jehovah, to be her God. This is heartfelt conversion. Pure and simple. What do you see in this? I see the amazing sovereignty of God extending his grace to a Gentile, because in Deuteronomy 23.3, there is a divine law given by God that excludes Moabites and the Ammonites from being in the assembly of the Lord. Nothing but the divine grace of God being thrown out upon this Moabite, this Gentile woman. But God's grace overcomes the law, doesn't it? God's grace overcomes the law. And by trusting in God and throwing herself on, the mer- on his mercy, Ruth experienced God's grace in a huge way. Folks, this is a picture of us. This is a picture of us throwing ourselves on the cross of Jesus Christ. 
This is a picture of ourselves coming to a God and saying, I want you to be my God. I want you to be my Savior. I believe in what you've done on the cross, and I ask for forgiveness of sin. We may have been excluded from God because of the law. but Christ came to fulfill the law, and in him we have fulfilled the law of God. We find grace in God's sovereignty through faith in Jesus Christ. What a beautiful picture. What a gorgeous picture. And I... There's, there's some scriptures, there's eight, nine verses that I have to read to you. Nine verses that I have to read to you. And I go, I, I go to them often because it gives me such, such solace. It gives me such hope. It gives me such, such joy in my heart when I read them. The second chapter of Ephesians, beginning in verse 1, he says, And you, he's talking about us, Gentiles, and you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of our mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, oh, stay there a minute. This is what you were. Verse 3, conducted ourselves according to the lust of the flesh. Conducted ourselves to the desires of the flesh and the mind. We were children of wrath. But God, see the U-turn? See how it turns automatically? This is what you were. This is who you were. But God, but God. Then it says, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, did what? Made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man could boast. Oh my. Oh my. This is what you were. This is what you were. You were walking in total darkness. You read so much and see so much. I saw a t-shirt the other day on the Wildwood Boardwalk that says, I'm training for the zombie apocalypse. What? Zombie apocalypse? Well, guess what, folks? Guess what, folks? I was a zombie. What is a zombie, somebody tell me? The Walking Dead. Is that not a zombie, the walking dead? Well, guess what? According to Ephesians 2, I was a zombie because I was walking dead in my sins, but God. But God. Maybe you've fallen. Maybe you've slipped a little bit and you fell into something that you didn't want to do, but God. Maybe you're struggling with an illness. Maybe you're struggling you can't come over an illness, but God. I can't read that, those verses without really getting charged up. I mean, there, there are some great verses. You ever get stuck in a low place? You ever get stuck in a valley that you can't seem to see the light of day? I challenge you to take your Bible out and read those nine verses. Read those nine. 
Ruth had experienced some really difficult times. Losing a father-in-law, losing a husband. Her sister-in-law left her, and now her mother-in-law is leaving and wants to leave her behind. But Ruth here is trusting in the Lord and not her circumstances, even though everything was seemingly against her. She could have easily said this, folks, after Naomi said, look what the Lord has against me. She could have even said, if this is the way the God of Israel, Jehovah, treats his people, I don't want any part of him. No, she knew that wasn't true. She knew that wasn't true. Many people think this way. Many people think that our God is nothing but a God of wrath with a great big wooden spoon up there ready to whack you in the head when you do something wrong. Many people don't understand the grace of God. They don't understand God completely because they ask. They ask about the Dallas situation. They ask about the Orlando situation. They ask it at 9-11. They ask it all the time. Where was God in the middle of all this? It was right there. Most agree, most scholars that I've read, that Ruth's statement in verses 16 and 17 are the most magnificent confessions of faith when you read the genealogy of Jesus Christ in Matthew 1, you find the names of five women. Of five women in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Four of them have extremely questionable backgrounds. Extremely questionable backgrounds. First you have Tamar, who had incest with her father-in-law, Judah. Judah! You had Rahab, who was a harlot. You have, they don't even mention her name. They call her the wife of Uriah, who happened to be Bathsheba, who had adultery with David. And then you have Ruth, who was the outcast as a Moabitess. How did they ever get into the genealogy in the line of the Messiah? Through the sovereign grace of God, through God's mercy and his long suffering, not willing that anyone should perish, they're there. Of course, you know the fifth one was me. She's the other woman that's in the kingdom. Final four verses of chapter one gives us an insight to Naomi's bitterness towards God. When she saw, when, when Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they came to Bethlehem, when they come to Bethlehem, that all the city was excited because of them. And the woman said, is this Naomi? But she said to him, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me. The Almighty has afflicted me. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab, now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Naomi and Ruth arrived in Bethlehem. We don't know how long it took them. And everybody's excited to see Naomi after 10 years. Naomi, you've come back. Now, what I'm asking you is, what was their tone of their voice? Was it surprise or wonder? Is it Naomi or is it Naomi? I mean, 10 years, she must have looked pretty rough. She must have had a tough time, so she might have been drawn. To, you don't know what her, where her features was. But her heart, Naomi's heart, was not right with God. She was bitter. In fact, that's what Mara means, bitter. 
Her name, Naomi, meant pleasant. And she went from pleasant to bitter. Even though she changed her name, don't call me Naomi, call me bitter. She went from being pleasant to bitter. She was not the person that had left. Life had dealt her a major blow. Circumstances were not favorable towards her. She certainly was not giving thanks in all things. She actually accuses the Lord of dealing bitterly with her. Is this a recognition of the consequences of their sin for leaving? I don't know. It might be. But she contradicts herself by saying the Lord had brought her back. So she's kind of half trusting in the Lord, but kind of angry at him in, in, in one hand. Was she admitting they made a mistake? Doesn't really say. Is she hinting that the family somehow deserved all this to happen? Doesn't really say. It's interesting, though, that she refers to God, at, the Lord, as God Almighty, which is name for God, El Shaddai. El Shaddai, God Almighty. And she says it twice. I have Psalm 9 tagged here for some reason. Psalm 9, verse 10 says, And those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. She knew the name of the Lord, God Almighty, El Shaddai. She knew him. Some of us know the name of our Lord. Some of us have called upon the name of the Lord, but we still do not trust in him completely for everything. Oh, we say, we do, we talk a good game, but when the rubber meets the road, when the circumstances start pouring in, we don't. We fall apart. We look elsewhere instead of trusting him who is able to do those things exceedingly abundantly, all that we could ask or think. Naomi cannot see what she has. She cannot see the Lord's blessing upon her life. She had her life. Husband, two sons have died. Naomi still had her life. She can't see that. She had a new start. She was back in Bethlehem, back in the house of bread, back in the land of Judah, the place of praise. Back in the place where she knew the Lord and she knew there would be plenty of opportunities back there. She was no longer isolated in a foreign land. And this is what happens when we come back to the Lord. This is why fellowship is so important. Fellowship is so important. You get out there and you're not in fellowship, you're in a foreign land, you're in the world, you're isolated. You don't have your brothers and sisters around you to encourage you and to help you. You need to get back into fellowship. You need to come back into where the Lord is. And you need to fellowship one to another and let the Lord restore you and be loved on by your brothers and sisters. We love nothing better than to love on you and tell you that the Lord has a great plan for you. But we stay away. We isolate ourselves. When we're having a bad time, I've said this before, when we're going through a bad time, the first thing we want to cut out is fellowship. Going through a bad time, I ain't going to Bible study. I'm mad at the world and I'm not going. Well, who are you hurting? I have people tell me, I'm not going to study. Fine. Who are you hurting? You're hurting yourself. We should be here. We should want to be here. You all want to be here. Look at you guys. It's so nice to see. Stay away from the Lord, and then we become entrapped in a world that's unknown to us. We're in a foreign country. Out those doors is a foreign country. They don't speak our language. People don't speak our language. You out there say, praise the Lord. Somebody wants to hit you in the head. Somebody wants to sue you because you said, praise the Lord. They don't speak our language. We have little opportunity out there because we're surrounded by foreign gods and we're encouraged to worship them. We're encouraged to worship the foreign gods that are out there. 
That's why people come in here and they feel secure. Not because we're, we're doing great things. It's because the Lord is here and the Lord wants to bless them. The Lord wants to encourage them and lift them up and say, hey, I got it under control. I'm here for you. And then when we come back, sometimes we're still blinded like Naomi and we blame God. Oh, how many people have walked away from the Lord and are still to this day blaming God for something that happened in their life? Oh, the pain of it. Blaming God. One thing you learn when you read the Bible, you have to learn about God's sovereignty. And it's so important that we realize that. We blame God for our poor decisions. Oh, Lord, if you hadn't let me go there, this would have never happened. And then all of a sudden we're in consequences that are like, you know. And everybody says the same thing. Every one of us says the same thing, including myself. In the midst of the consequences, in the midst of the time I go, how did I get here? You chose to go there. You chose to be in that situation. You placed yourself in that situation. Contrary to God's will, contrary to God's law, you chose to go there, Elimelech. Because you wanted to feel a physical need and not a spiritual need. Naomi had her daughter-in-law. This was her biggest resource. She was a baby in God. She was a new family member of the house of God. She wanted to learn all about God. She was eager. She was trusting in God. In fact, she was trusting in God more than Naomi was. And finally, the biggest thing, she had the Lord himself. Naomi had the Lord himself. He was with her. He was guiding her. You know what's very, very interesting in this? The Lord is mentioned 25 times in four chapters. So you tell me who's the main character of the story. It may be called Ruth. The main character of the story is the Lord. He's the main one in this story. When we fear God, we should fear nothing else. If God be for us, who can be against us? But in these several verses, we can see the results of backsliding. The results of backsliding is you go out full, but you come back empty. You come back wasted, empty, and there's nothing. You leave the presence of God. You leave Bethlehem, the house of bread. You leave Judah, the place of praise, and you wander off, no matter what your intent may be. And you end up outside in the world, outside in Moab. A worldly place where they serve foreign God and idols. You will always leave full. You will always leave full, but you will always return empty when you do that because sin always brings sorrow and sadness. Sin takes a toll on our spirituality and it empties us. It drains us. The scripture says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Naomi spent 10 years away from God in a foreign land. She allowed her sons to marry girls who did not know or serve the true God. Her husband and her two sons died. She was in hell on earth, and she would carry those scars for the rest of her life. All because she left the comfort of the arms of the one true living God. She made a decision. One commentator said this. I want to repeat this. He said, the mathematics of sin are always the same. Sin adds to your sorrows, subtracts from your energy, multiplies your troubles, and divides your loyalty. 
That's good news, folks. There's great news. God loves the backslider. He loves the backslider that returns to him. The prodigal son. God loves the backslider who returns to him. Naomi and Ruth came back to Bethlehem. And it's interesting they came back time at the barley harvest, which is usually the time of Passover. It's usually a time of Passover. And it was pretty cool. The backslider of the new Christian coming to the house of bread, coming into the land of praise during Passover. And by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it always starts the same with us. We recognize our sin. We realize that Jesus is the one who died on the cross for us. He paid our penalty. And it's interesting. It's interesting as we travel down this sideline, as we look at this book of Ruth, and we come into the next three chapters, some 50 days from now, there's going to be a marriage. Ruth is going to marry Boaz. After, after Passover, 50 days from then is what? Passover, 50 days. Pentecost! Pentecost! The outpouring of the Holy Spirit! The outpouring of the Holy Spirit of Pentecost! Oh my! What a great picture we see here! What a great picture we see here! The Pentecost, Christ will allow us to be afresh and overflow with His power from the Holy Spirit. My gosh! It's clear. It's so clear. What a picture. Oh, this is a cute story. It's a great love story, but dig into it, folks. Dig into it and get out of it what it really means, man. If you're here and you are spiritually empty, I want you to know that the Lord is waiting for you to return. The Lord wants to fill you afresh with His Spirit. He wants to anoint you again with, your, with the Spirit and have you come alive in Him. If you're all out, if you're empty, Time to come to the gas station and get filled. Time to get filled. Refuel. Holy Spirit is our fuel. He's what gives us the power to do the work. No matter what you've done, the Lord is waiting for you. He wants to take you in your arms and tell you of the great love that he has for you. Call upon him. And he will receive you back into his arms. And he will tell you of his great love. This is the plan he has for us. If you're hurting today, because maybe you've strayed, he's saying, come back. Come back. I'm still here. I haven't changed. I still love you with an everlasting love. My son, Jesus Christ, still died for that sin on the cross. Come back. Reacquaint yourself with him. Come back to the house of bread. Come back to the time of praise. Come back to the time of wonder. He told the Ephesian church to do your first works. Do your first works. Repent. Yeah, I messed up. I sinned. I'm sorry. I want to come back. Forgive me. Take me back into your arms. Restore what was once taken away. Restore the joy I had. Restore my salvation. David prayed, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. We have such a model in our word of it. You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you, but that's all the time we have for today on Assure Hope. We'd like to invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to or even share with your friends and family. You can explore more of this series in the book of Ruth or other books in the Bible. Each one gives unique insight into God's plan for you and this world you live in. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m., and you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. We are gathering in person, but we understand if you're not comfortable with that yet. Instead, you can join us for church online through Facebook Live. Just follow the link at assurehoperadio.com. While you're there, don't forget to like our page so you can stay up to date with all the latest information about Calvary Chapel Cape May and Assure Hope. With that, our time with you has come to an end today. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. Know that we're praying for you each time you tune in. Would you join us in praying for your fellow listeners too? Pray that ears and hearts would be open to the truth and that lives would be changed. Thanks for praying and thanks for tuning in for today's edition of Assure Hope.